Today on Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman, we'll look at how we're mainstreaming mental illness in the culture. And young people especially are the brunt of this thing who are experiencing record numbers of suicidal ideation and a record number of suicide rate. So we'll look at some stories that try to unearth what's really going on. We'll look at people who are chaining themselves to an NBA basketball hoop at a, at a game. And then we'll also look at what should be the biggest story in the country, Joe Biden and his finances, and how his son plays a part in that, and why we're not talking about it like we should. And then finally, we'll look at what happened over the Holy Week weekend. Uh, with op-eds coming out trying to cancel God. That's right, he's the latest on the list. We'll look at all that and more all on today's show. You're about to make the jump from the echo chamber into free and independent thought on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. Hey, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for watching and taking the time to watch. And you can go one step further. You can go the extra mile like Jesus taught us to do. And you can like, share, and subscribe this episode with others. We are very, very close to uh, a thousand subscribers on the show. We started with like, with nothing, literally. And we've worked our way up in the last year to close to about a thousand. So we're only 300 short. So whatever you can do to help us get to a thousand is a, is a, is a huge, uh, huge help to us, so uh, make sure to like, share, and subscribe yourself. Um, and then I just wanted to mention, I was thinking about something as I was preparing the show today. I had to drop my car off uh, maybe about half a mile away from work, so I just walked to work. And on the way to work is a large homeless encampment. So I was, I was walking down the road and I thought to myself, dressed as I am for work, I wonder if people are going to think, you know, this is a prime target to be jumped or uh, robbed or whatever. You know, I just had this weird thought, but then another thought quickly came into my mind. And, and I'm saying this all at the risk of sounding like a complete like elitist weirdo, but, um, but I, th I had this other thought, maybe they would be more scared of me than I am of them because like I'm, I'm dressed so differently that maybe they think like, look at this homicidal weirdo coming up in, uh, in our encampment and uh, who knows what he's capable of. Does he know where he's at? If he doesn't have the common sense to know where he's at, maybe he's capable of any number of things. So I don't know. Needless to say, beauty may be in the eye of the beholder to a certain extent, and there's probably some pushback on that. But, but the one thing that is not is the truth. And so we're going to dig a lot into that idea today. It is my sinking suspicion that lies have become so common that we don't even know what the truth is anymore. Or I'm not, I wonder if we even believe that there is such a thing as truth. Maybe this comes on the heels, just to be totally honest, about uh, uh, on the heels of Easter, where Jesus is asked this question by Pilate, uh, what is the truth? You know, when Jesus says, I came to testify of the truth, he responds and says, what is truth? I mean, we're very much living in that age today. And so at least as far as I can, I want to be as honest with you guys about who I am, where I'm coming from, but then also not try to put spin on on stories, but just truly try to be as honest as I can with Indie Thinker and the stories we talk about here. And it's my hope that through that, you guys will hear voice uh, a voice that you don't often hear in the mainstream, but then also too, that you'll, you'll be able to weigh that against what you're already hearing and then hopefully through logic and reason, be able to come to an understanding yourself, to be able to think for yourself about what you really think about the world. 
and what's going on in it. I'm, I'm less concerned about the things we're gonna be jumping into today specifically than I am about you personally and how you think. And I just think the, the better we think, the better off we'll all be. And so that's what indie thinkers really after at the end of the day. And so I, I hope these stories are just used in service to help you toward that, that end. So we'll jump into those stories here in just a moment. But before we do that, uh, the one thing I want to say is that this show is sponsored by Element Funding. And if you've watched the show for any length of time, you understand that Element Funding is a longtime sponsor of the show. And we, we encourage you to go to these guys, not only because you need to secure your family's future, but also because they are honest and in keeping with the show today, they are honest, but they are also great customer service representatives. They will serve your needs. They don't come and try to lure you in by lying to you about interest rates that you don't actually qualify for. They get all of your information up front so that once you do that process, there will be no concern about moving forward as to whether or not you can truly afford and purchase the house that you just made an offer on. So I highly encourage you to go to kevinblairteam.com right now to check out our friends over at Element Funding. They can pre-qualify you for free. And even if they don't service your area directly, they can help you find an Element Funding branch perhaps that can help you with where you're at. So please do us a favor, go over to kevinblairteam.com and if you have housing needs, let them take care of you or at least let them know uh, or at least get it some information with how they can take care of you. You know, get, get your financial future in order but things, before things get worse than they already are. So go over to kevinblairteam.com right now to get secured for your mortgage needs today. All right, so Bill Maher has a new podcast. And I'm just going to be totally honest with you. As much as I have been rooting and cheering Bill Maher on from the sidelines, uh, as of late, just for, I, I guess, his old man ability to, sh you know, let everything hang out. You know, it's, he's, he's like the dude in the locker room now who has gotten too old to care. And he just, and he's just showing everybody everything. So as, as disgusting as that can be in the gym room, it's actually kind of refreshing in the culture today when so many people are just straight up lying to your, to your face. You know, you've got reliable sources coming at you that are totally unreliable. So, um, so it's really refreshing to find people who are actually willing to just be honest with how they feel. And so Bill Mars kind of reached that age where he's like, I don't have anything to prove anymore. I'm incredibly successful. So I'm just going to tell you what I actually think about what's going on. So in that way, it's refreshing. But, um, but also, his, as much as I hate to say it, his podcast, as I started to look into it, came off a little creepy. So uh, in, the, in the clip you're about to see, it seems as though Mars already kind of a little bit high, perhaps, maybe slightly inebriated. He's drinking and he's got a very young, pretty girl, Bella Thorne, in his studio. And he's talking to her and the dingy studio with the old man smoking pot and drinking while he's talking to this young woman doesn't do him any favors. And it just comes off as a little bit strange, to be totally honest with you. But there is one little bright gem in the midst of, of everything that he talks to Bella Thorne about um, as she talks about her crippling anxiety. So I wanted to show you that clip because it will set the stage for what we're going to be talking about today. So here's that. Beautiful. Stomach issues and anxiety and like crippling anxiety. Um, and weed has really changed my life. And what, 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 is, what is it with you kids and anxiety? What, what is causing all the anxiety? Uh, I think I mean, everything. The world 
world, the, the way the that world. the world you, you know, is it, now, it's, you know, constant. But you, just you, bad, bad, bad. Everywhere you look is so bad. You know what? For, uh, this, and it's I hard find to find this to be enjoyment a, in I, your natural day. I find this to be a disingenuous argument because your generation doesn't know what's going on in the world. So how can you be that concerned about what's going on in the world? I know what's going on in the world. I should have the anxiety. I follow it. You kids don't follow it. You don't know what the f- is going on in the world. What are you upset about? What What I is think the world problem? Definitely things that we know what's going on. Maybe we don't know necessarily <laughs> always the full story, one hundred percent of the full story. But now, first off, I got to tell you, I love the pushback, Myanmar, who refuses to cry crocodile tears at the first mention of somebody who's got crippling anxiety. You know, for bleeding heart liberals, unlike Mar, they, they pull out the red carpet and yet again give undeserved attention to people who may be just spouting BS. So kudos to Mar for calling Thorne on her line about crippling anxiety. I mean, we're talking about a woman who just recently leaked nude photos of herself for the world to see. And she had to have nude photos in order to do that. Like people with crippling anxiety aren't going around taking nude photos of themselves. I'm sorry, that, that doesn't make sense. And then, having the boldness to kind of publish it. Now, I know she was being blackmailed, so she said, I'm gonna publish them before this blackmailer has the opportunity to do it, but still, she had the photos and then she released the photos, not to mention she's an incredibly rich person. So crippling anxiety, you know, give me a break. But the more startling thing is that regardless of her obvious privileged station in life, Bella thinks she has a legitimate reason to have anxiety or that we don't think as normals or normies, that that comes off as incredibly absurd that she has crippling anxiety. Because, by the way, it's becoming less and less absurd because she's not alone, regardless of station in life. Just 45% of Gen Zers report that their mental health is in very good or excellent condition, condition according to the American Psychological Association. All other generation groups fared better uh, including millennials who 56% say they have healthy mental fitness, Gen Xers 51, and boomers 70%. So while Generation Z has been called the most depressed generation, members of this group are more likely than their older peers to seek out mental health counseling or therapy. Some like 37% of Gen Zers, a higher rate than any previous generation report having worked with a mental health professional. So people are coming out of the woodwork to talk about their mental health issues nowadays. In fact, according to the American Psychological Association, this generation, Gen Z, is also significantly more likely, 27% than other generations, including millennials who were 15% and Gen X 13%, to report their mental health as fair or poor. The survey found they are also more likely, 37%, than other generations to report that they have received treatment or therapy from a mental health professional compared to like 26% of Gen Xers, 22% of baby boomers, and 15% of older adults. So, adults. so this generation, they've destigmatized mental health issues and they brought them out of the closet. And, and now we're free to talk about it and it's always been around. However, I think the exact opposite contention is actually true. In fact, I'll be the first to tell you, we need to bring some of those closets back. We need to re-stigmatize mental illness because it's becoming a pop culture trend for people to now 
come out on social media to discuss their mental health fitness. It's become a way for people to seek the coveted minority status, especially for young white girls who can't really claim minority status except for the fact that they're, that they're a girl. Um, so, so when that doesn't work, people will scratch the bottom of the barrel to find something in mental health as mental health and mental illness has become that thing. So destigmatization has given everyone the opportunity to jump on the bandwagon of mental health and, and, and it's made it trendy to kind of go share it online and to tell everybody how messed up you are and how bad your upbringing was. And the problem with that is much like the leftist claim of racism, if everything is mental illness, then nothing is. And real mental illness is disserviced as a result of this. So we've draw, drowned out real issues by posers looking for attention online. And perhaps maybe even a more devilish thing has happened because of the mainstreaming of mental illness is that the really important thing is that in destigmatizing mental health, it creates an incentive structure for people who just have bad manners or bad social behavior, who typically come from absentee parents and want to make excuses for their bad behavior. It gives them an incentive structure to excuse away their bad behavior. Well, it's just because I'm mentally ill or I, I have this uh, very soft mental illness going on right now, that, and that's why this, this is happening. So here we have an, a, a more glamorized version of what we see in Hollywood movies. You know, we have the dishonest criminal that's coming out to make the insanity defense. You know, I'm totally insane, so I don't need to go to jail. Instead, we're not only seeking treatment for people who come out and talk about their mental health, but now we're rewarding them by treating them as special and affirming their behavior and saying, hey, that's just part of your mental illness. It's okay. It's, it's, it's part of the spectrum of socially constructed behaviors. So now any behavior goes. Whatever behavior you want to you wanna show the world, it's okay. So none of this is to suggest that we don't have real instances of, of real anxiety and mental illness. But the anxiety or the crippling anxiety that we're experiencing may be less a result of brain chemistry and even more about something else that we've done. Perhaps we have prolifically and effectively lied to a whole generation and shoved these lies down their throat and effectively done so and now we're reaping the consequences of these lies. For instance, we told a generation of young people uh, that the people who are tasked with protecting us and serving us are actually evil and racist. Now, what did we think would happen when we told them that the police are systemically racist? Did we think that we could just lie about that and, and then get away with that and there wouldn't be any repercussions? By the way, we also doubled down on young kids and told them that, yo, by the way, you're racist too, just by dint of your skin color. And how about this? Uh, the trans movement, we've lied to young adults about gender, stating that it's socially constructed, you know, air quotes, socially constructed, um, and that you were assigned a gender at birth by a doctor that probably got it wrong when they saw that, that penis or that vagina. So the repercussions of this lie are already evident. Gallup shows the exponential rise in trans identity along with the exponential rise in suicide that happens even after transition. So suicidal ideation rates in teen girls is around 12 to 15%, and in teen boys, around 8%. The suicidal ideation rate in the trans community is 40%. But we're telling people that they will be celebrated and cheered and adored online if they enter this community that is suicidal. 
Is it any wonder then that people become disillusioned when they actually follow through with this life-altering surgery and then realize that the thing that they needed deep down inside, that soul's itch deep inside of them, isn't actually scratched and for your trouble, you actually were just made infertile. So is it any wonder that people are dealing with mental illness? And, and then finally, this last one, because I think this is very interesting. It takes a village. You know, we heard this back in the 90s, at least I first did from Hillary Clinton. And it was a, an attempt to lie to people about the fact that the government needs to be involved in raising your children. And right now we've got the uh, parental rights uh, in education bill in Florida that's, that really is exposing people with the, uh, the okay groomer thing. <laughs> um, it's really exposing people who, who wish to look at children in a vastly different way than conservatives do. Now, I, I wanna go on record as saying this. I don't believe that the person who may be gay or even trans, that's a teacher in their classroom who wants to talk about their personal life, is specifically interested in grooming young children so that they can specifically have sex with that child. I do believe, however, that they are interested in ideological grooming. So what they are interested in doing is grooming children to think like they think. They don't want their parents to in, in influence them and to try to curtail their, their behavior. They think that they should be the ones to do that. And this is what this bill is all about because it certainly doesn't have anything to do with don't say gay, again, air quotes, because Clearly, the bill has nothing to do with that because in the same way that you could say it's don't say gay, you could say it's don't say straight because it's just, it's uh, as Jeremy Boring calls it, it's the wait till eight because it's only just simply saying, hey, we're not going to put in curriculum uh, things about sexual gender and orientation and gender identity and sexual orientation for kids who are so young that you shouldn't be talking about this stuff anyway. I think it was Ali Stuckey I first, who at least, uh, at least I first saw this, that said, if you have to make a law not to tell teachers to do this stuff, then those people should not only not be teachers, they should be going nowhere near a school. So I 100% agree with that. And so the point is, is this, we've told a whole generation that you can be raised by the community, the collective. You could be raised by the collective and that it's not about parents and their influential role a mother and a father specifically, which statistically is, has the greatest chance of raising the most well-rounded future generations. This is not me saying this. Go look it up online. Google it. So the point is, is that we've, we're telling a generation, don't listen to your parents. Uh, don't listen to what they have to tell you. Um, you need to listen to activists or teachers or people that don't even know when your birthday is, or at least will have to look it up on a file to get your birthday rather than the people who love you, who wiped your butt when you were a baby, who cleaned up your puke and allowed you to eat in their car and then you had to vacuum it over and over and over again. I might be ranting about personal things, but I'm just saying, it's clear. This whole, it takes a community to raise a family. It was a lie from the beginning. It was a Hillary Clinton I said that I first heard this and she said that she, her, she learned it when she was in Africa. And then you go to Africa and you ask these people and they're like, no, it takes a family. It's like they never heard of this nonsense because it's total fabricated nonsense. It doesn't take a village. It takes a family. It takes a mommy and a daddy to raise a child. We've been lying since the 90s and even before then that, that that's not true, that that's just Christian misinformation or disinformation, that that's just an agenda Christians have to try to make sure that they support traditional marriage and we can do marriage however we want. Well, the reality is this for ages and generations, we've been doing marriage a certain way and it includes a mother and a father. And now, Huh, we've been lying to people about that and 
Well, it looks like people are starting to experience broken homes and starting to experience um, suicidal ideation. Is it any wonder? I'm just merely making a suggestion. No, I don't have the receipts to be able to trace a straight line back to those things, but it deserves our consideration. Why are these things happening? Well, it sure seems to be that we've been lying to a generation for far too long, thinking that none of those lies would have repercussions. So here's what we have to finally decide to do as a society, in my opinion. First, we have to decide that we don't have the right not to be lied to. We have to stop being offended by that and stop thinking that, no, that doesn't happen. No, liars have always existed. And to pretend that they won't lie is naive. And by the way, the people who lie to you are not just the people that you don't like. Lies are a lot more prolific than you think. But we do have the duty to discover the truth for ourselves. So we have to regain duty and get rid of rights talk. This is why I called the show Indie Thinker. We are called to independently think, not independent of reason or collective knowledge, but independently from the forces that wish to distort and obscure reality. Lies exist, therefore we must think for ourselves. It's my hope that as we look at our stories today, uh, for your own sake and for God's sake, that we will be done with shirking our obligation, our duty, our responsibility to think about the world around us. So. Let's jump into those stories. So I'm not even going to say too much about this first one. I want you to see the video because, boy, if this doesn't prove the idea that mental illness is more mainstream than ever before, I don't know what will. So here is a video clip from a Timberwolves game where a woman chained herself to the basket, to the goal, uh, stanchion of the goal uh, at a at a Timberwolves games to protest death of babies no Ukrainian invasion no the death of chickens that's right so here's that clip here, and I, I believe she's she's chained herself to the she's chained herself to the stanchion and this is. Uh, This is gonna happen, I think, you know? This is like, uh, it's a little sleeper cell of, of chicken protesters. We've got a sleeper cell of... <laughs> well, oh, man. I, listen, I, I'm gonna reserve any comment. I mean, but it's just, um, it's... Is, is that a real change? Is it plastic or is it metal? I think it looks like it's... I think it's metal. It's... it's I mean, we're, we're, we're being told by the truck that she's been there for a while and nobody noticed, which they gotta, they're going to just break that thing off. They're gonna, I mean, somebody got to have some bolt cutters I think this somewhere. Is, this is one thing you get police officers as security guards. They know how to break into stuff. What do you do with that exactly? Now, I'm going to get a close-up for you on that shirt because here's the, the predicate here's the intellectual warrant for this protest so this woman is wearing a shirt and it says that glenn taylor who is by the way the owner of the Wimber, uh, timberwolves t uh, glenn taylor roast chickens alive you'll have to forgive me it's hard for me to keep back my smile and try to talk at the same time but glenn taylor roasts chickens alive Oh God, okay, so this is clearly a person who's never hunted before in their life, so that's to be clear. Uh, and you better believe the first person that believes a gun killed somebody rather than a person killing somebody with a gun. 
Um, but, but, but this is what we're going to interrupt a Timberwolves game for, right? Minnesota Timberwolves, I, there's a million things we could talk about, but I'm, almost, I'm truly almost speechless. And uh, so a couple of things, I guess, is that the only thing that I, could, I can do to talk about this in a rational fashion. How'd this woman get that chain in the basketball game? I mean, are we supposed to have like killer security these days? How did a woman sneak a metal chain into a basketball game? So this shows a high level of intention, okay? And then as I've already tried to illustrate, a high level of idiocy because the woman is, is protesting the death of chickens. And it's not even like Tyson, right? Who you would think is like number one on the list or Chick-fil-A, you know, chicken injustice. Uh, it's, it's, it's Glenn Taylor. Okay. So I don't even know who the guy is. I don't know what he does. And I just simply don't care. What we have before us is a clear, clear example of the fact that people are way crazier than they used to be. The fact that you would think that that is a normal behavior or a normal way to even stand up for what you believe in. Mental illness has been mainstreamed, and here's the repercussions of that. So again, I go back to this idea that we need to re-stigmatize mental illness, because I don't, I don't want to move so fast at the beginning of, of the show that we miss that kind of point, that because we've destigmatized mental illness and we've made it okay to talk about it, the people who actually need help are being covered by the people who are just, just have really ridiculous ideas. And now anybody uh, can step onto a basketball game and be seen as sane when they're ch chaining themselves for chickens to a basketball goal. I mean, what do you say about this ridiculousness except just to say, um, God, like, can we... These, I, it's just asinine to me, to be totally honest with you. Like, they'll stand up for a chicken in the womb, an egg, before, before, they, uh, before they stand up for a mother with a baby in the womb. And it's just, it's just totally asinine. But again, I, I'm almost not mad at these crazy people. Uh, yeah, they're responsible for their own behavior, but we've also gotten to the place where the social justice train has gone to crazy, crazy town. And, and it's not coming back, folks. Uh, so can we just be done with it? Can we call a spade a spade? Can we, can we help the people who actually have mental illness get the help that they need and then get to a place in society where we, where we mock this kind of behavior? Maybe there's something to be said about that too, is when I mock these behaviors, Christians are like, oh, well, why are you mocking people? And uh, you know, we shouldn't make fun of people or don't be contentious. It's not my goal to be contentious here. It's my goal to clearly point out behavior that desperately needs to be critiqued. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you guys, we're, we're getting to a place where we're mainstreaming mental illness to the point where it's, it, it's becoming too commonplace. And, and if we don't do anything about it, if we don't mock that kind of behavior and make it socially unacceptable, we're going to see more and more of it. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, going to our next story, speaking of mental, how you like that segue, how bad do things have to get in our society um, before we finally realize it? I mean, NBC is releasing stories like this. NBC News asks, who lost Biden's agenda? All right, so I, I bring this up because, boy, that is an indication that things are pretty bad. When the Democrat Party run media or the other way around, the media that runs the Democratic Party it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. I don't know 
the answer to that, uh, probably both, but when they come out and start, you know, they start talking about Biden in an honest way, you can imagine that we have really experienced just the worst presidency probably in our lifetime. So after two years, can, I'm just curious, can you even name one thing that Biden has done that's been good? Just one thing. Can the Democratic Party even come out and name one thing? And I think the answer is obviously no to that because NBC News is now writing articles about Biden just totally losing whatever agenda he thought he had when he came into office. In fact, I'll show you this next article, and this one's from Yahoo Finance, that there are people who clearly typically take his side who don't think that Biden is even doing anything about what's going on right now. So this is from Yahoo Finance. It says, quote, Biden's policies on green energy and domestic manufacturing are inherently inflationary because they depend on the elimination of the lowest cost alternative in favor of something that may be better, less carbon, more U.S. jobs, but probably not cheaper. Not probably, totally not cheaper, dude. American-made stuff simply costs more than Chinese-made stuff because U.S. labor and regulatory costs are higher. Now, I already have to stop right there in the article, and this doesn't even get us to the point that I'm trying to get to with this article, but you can obviously tell that this person is writing from a very left-leaning agenda because he's already making this about China and U.S. goods rather than about the fact that Biden is killing low-cost options in the U.S., whether it comes from China or the U.S., in favor of technologies that don't even exist. So we've told people, regardless of whether it comes from China or Korea or anywhere else, now because he thinks all cars come from China now. Okay, so we've told people, you know, if you can't afford gas right now, then what you need to do is you need to sell your $15,000 car. And what you should do is you should go and buy a $65,000 electric vehicle because that makes total economic sense. So this is not about a China-US labor thing. This is simply about stupid, foolish policy. All right, I digress, we'll go back. Quote, Biden may be right when he says the widespread availability of green energy will ultimately lower costs, but we're nowhere near that now. Finally, some honesty. Instead of using everything within his power to lower inflation, Biden is taking modest, quote, modest steps on the margin while betting that inflation will decline on its own. This might seem foolish, ding ding, given that the White House, the Federal Reserve, and many other forecasters were completely wrong last year when they said a spurt of inflation would be temporary and not terribly painful, end quote. I mean, like, God, what do you say about that? We start to get to the truth at the end of this thing, and Biden is, quote, going to do modest things, in other words, do nothing, right now when we need help the most. So let me step back with you in that article real quick to show you a couple of things that I think are important. So first, quote, Biden's taking modest steps on the margin. Can I help you decode that for a moment? Um, he thinks inflation is going to decline on its own and he is not doing anything. He is taking, and maybe not doing anything is a little bit unfair, he is barely doing anything, kind of like he's barely alive. He's barely doing anything to try to offset inflation. And then I love how the article writer is doing the best he can to try to justify this, but just it is so silly he can't and says, this might seem foolish given the White House and the Federal Reserve forecasted that inflation would be 
um, would be temporary, and of course, it hasn't been. So the man has been wrong every step along the way. The man has not done a single thing that you can qualify as a real win for America. I mean, I defy you to, to help us understand how he has made this country a better place. But, I, but we have right in front of us, and it's not just that this is about economics, because trust me, it's much more, much deeper than that. <clears throat> in fact, you can go back to past shows and you can see that we, we've also been talking about the, uh, the lies about equality and gender-affirming care um, and how dangerous those things can be. But nonetheless, uh, economy is just one of the many examples where Biden has just absolutely destroyed everything he's touched. And bef before I show you an example of this, let me just remind you that the man is sitting at a popularity right now in some polls um, at, at 32%. Um, that 32% of Americans, according to some polls, actually approve of Biden and the job that he's doing. Did you know that Donald Trump never got lower than 39%, 38%? But Biden has just been wrecking those numbers left and right, showing us that there is no, there is no floor to this man. All right, so let me show you some of the numbers that's just kind of a year-on-year uh, basis. So in the last 12 months, gas has increased 48%. Used cars, 35%. Airfare, 23%. Energy is up 15%. And groceries now up 10%. So look, that may not seem like a lot, especially as you get further down to those kind of everyday commodities, but with people on a fixed income, that is a lot. But for those who are millionaires, they don't need to worry themselves about those things, which kind of brings us to our next story with old Joe. Here's what Biden paid in taxes last year. So this is again according to a Yahoo Finance article. Last year, Biden paid 24% in taxes and Harris paid 31%. So, so before I jump into what I actually want to talk to you about with Biden's finances here, there's some good news. I'm going to highlight the good news and we'll jump to the real kind of story here. So we are taxing the rich. They are paying their fair share. 40% of all U.S. taxes are paid by 1% of the highest earners. So there's good news from this return. Uh, we're, we're, there's also something else. There's a startling thing about Biden's return. Since leaving office, Biden's income raised by about $16 million. So forgive me for wondering about how a political office enriches the lives of people, but come on. He was only the vice president and basically just wallpaper during Obama's presidency. So if you believe that that dude isn't getting money from unnamed sources, maybe that his tax return isn't really telling the full story about, I've got, I've got something to sell you. Uh, you can go on a grand tour of the Indie Thinker Studios here. And it's just a low, low price of $65,000. Or I, we are right now for a limited time selling VIP passes to tour the studios here at Indie Thinker for just the low, low price of $300,000. And by the way, you're welcome. So according to USA Today, Biden went from making $396,000 in 2016 to $16 million, $16.5 million in 2017 through 2019. Now I'm not familiar with how lucrative it is to go from being the vice president to just average Joe. But $15.6 million in book deals alone, according to this Yahoo Finance report, is where that money came from. 
Now listen, I've never published a book either, but that guy doesn't even know his name or where, what city he's in. Look, I'm sorry, Joe Madame Badu. No, I'm gonna give you the, the best impression I can. I gotta give you the, the lean over into the mic and the whisper, the, the creepy old man whisper. Joe Badam Badu is actually not that great of an author or a speaker. And by the way, I'm not being mean because nobody is. I know you've never probably published a book before, but just fact check, you don't make 15 million, 15.6 million dollars on speaking and writing in that span of time. Um, unless you've sold more books than anybody else in the history of books. Promise Me Dad, which was written in 2017, didn't even crack the top 10 or the top 20. So you can think what you want. Everyone is entitled to your own opinion, but you are not entitled to your own facts. That book did not make him that much money. His speaking did not make him that much money. Thunk, something is going on with that man's finances, and it may have something to do with the fact that we have emails suggesting that Hunter is securing money for the big man. This should be the biggest news story in the country, but again, we're surrounded by lies, especially from the media, so we cannot tell up from down anymore, and it unnerves us, and it shakes the very foundation under our feet. And so we're left wondering what is true and what is not true, and that is a truly mentally disturbing scenario, which is why we desperately need to get out of the echo chamber of the mainstream media and listen to other sources of information, hopefully like this show, but for God's sake, man, like, please understand at this point in time, like they can lie to you, but don't let them, don't be lied to by them. And I know you think this, that like only the people that you don't like are liars, but you may have to start rethinking that and start really using reason and logic to help you sort through information, much like you should on the story we just talked about simple logic, simple rationale will tell you you're, there's more to that story. And so we'll continue to follow it here at Indie Thinker. But we need to jump into our final segment today, Christianity, not today. So over the Easter holiday and certainly over this past holy weekend, the New York Times uh, tried to do their best to cancel God. That's right. The big, the real big man is now on the list of cancellations. So here's this mind-boggling headline released just before Easter uh, from a New York Times writer in which he proposed, quote, in this time of war, I propose we give up God. All right, now there's so much here that, let me just start here. Like what time of war? Oh, you mean the war you know nothing about and that doesn't even impact you except for higher gas prices, which by the way, has to do not with Putin's price hike, as we've been told over and over and over again, but actually more to do with Biden's policies than they do with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Look, all that aside, I'm sure this invasion has nothing to do with God. So I'm not even sure why you bring God up into the midst of it. So we'll get back to that in just a moment, but I wanna get into just, just one paragraph from the article. So it says this, quote, God, it seems, paints with a wide brush. He paints with a roller. In Egypt, said our rabbi, he even killed the firstborn cattle. He killed cows. And if he were mortal, the God of Jews, Christians, and Muslims would be dragged to the Hague. And yet we praise him. We emulate him. We implore our children to be like him. Perhaps now, as missiles rain down and the dead are discovered in mass graves, 
It's a good time to stop emulating this hateful God. Perhaps we can stop extolling his brutality. Perhaps now is a good time to teach our children to pass over God, to be as unlike him as possible. So a couple things. All right, in Egypt, God was delivering slaves from slavery and he actually started very mercifully and, and built with the 10 plagues, building up until the eventual ultimate punishment, which yes, was death, but do these people who were enslaving people for years and generations not have to pay and should not they pay for their crimes? Did this social justice warrior who's writing this forget that he should care deeply about slavery? We're so obsessed with racism in the West for crying out loud that we suggest that it's racist to ID a black person when they're trying to vote just to make sure that they're actually eligible to vote. And I'm still so curious about how God has anything to do with with missiles raining down on mass graves. Like, what is he even talking about? I, I can only imagine he's talking about the Ukrainian invasion, but, but that's just kind of a bit of insanity because it really clearly has nothing to do with anything religious in nature. So the bigger problem here is just that God was a killer and a murderer. Man, I cannot tell you how many times I have heard this from from atheists, especially agnostics or whatever, but people who want to critique Christianity. So just a bit of caution here for my friends. Listen, if you don't know anything about the Bible, you should probably not talk about it so much. You sound silly when you do that. With a book like the Bible, context is king. And the context in these stories where God is plucking off people, he's doing this to people who were murderers of innocent people, rapers of women and children, and people who subjugated whole people groups based upon their nationality and their religion. And he did this to people who sacrifice babies on altars, like living babies, lighting them on fire. Bro, I'm sorry. That deserves strong action. And while the social justice warrior left wants to pretend they're not the fascist in this country, they're the first to say we should cancel our enemies and silence all free speech from people who disagree with us. By the way, they're doing that with Elon Musk right now. If people can't be, if conservatives can't be canceled on Twitter, what's the purpose of Twitter? This is what they're asking themselves right now. And it's so revealing. But, but the point is, anyway, uh, they're the first to strike on these things. And when real world danger like this comes around, where are they? Is our world a better place without Hitler or Stalin? Just a quick question. And then if so, why is this pseudo moralist raging out when God eliminates truly wicked people? I'll tell you why because it's a dishonest attempt to disagree with biblical ideas. These people actually hate God, but they can't admit that they hate God because then they'd have to admit that he's real. So rather than to be honest, they contrive an argument based upon people's ignorance of the Bible. So in other words, they lie and arguments based upon lies are usually only as useful as you let them be. So don't fall for this nonsense. Please, you may hate Christians. You may hate organized religion, religion, you may even hate God, but be honest about it and be honest about your ignorance on the matter. It will save you egg on your face when you go to write very, very dumb articles like this one. And, and, and by the way, if you just hate the Bible, just be honest about it. You don't have to resort to ad hominem attacks. You know, just a small encouragement too, by the way, you may find that if you're not just interested in trashing the Bible, there's actually some interesting stuff in there that can help you be a better thinker. I mean, where do these people actually learn to think in these foolish ways? Oh yeah, elite universities in the United States. 
But nonetheless, that's all the time we have for today. So don't forget to follow me at Reed Huberman, or you can follow us here at IndieThinker at IndieThinker with Reed Huberman on Facebook and Instagram. And make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll catch you next time. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.